Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And we're back for the last episode of the summer break before we go back to racing. So here we are. She Loves the Grid. I'm Claire. And I'm Diane. And here we yes. go. I, I feel like it's been a year. Yes. And it was three weeks and it seems like forever. And I've kind of been off of social media just because work's busy and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh my goodness, starting tomorrow, I need to get back in the groove of checking <laughs> what's happening in the F1 world, social media wise. So yeah, yeah. I, I was like, and I know the, the other break, which was an, un, you know, an accidental break was about this long too, but I swear this one seems longer. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe because there's just so much going on with the devastation in Emola, but this is just a hundred percent. It really, really does. And all I can say is I hope that means the drivers are all very recharged, the teams are recharged, and they're ready to like get back into it for the last 10 races. So we'll see. So, so anyway, speaking of the week and breaks, even though it's not summer break for us, how has your week been in good old hot Arizona, USA? Yeah. Actually, the last couple of days has not been too bad. It's been in the 90s. So we get like three days of 90s. Um, not horrible at all. Very cloudy. There's a hurricane in the um, Pacific down, it like started at the end of Mexico and is working its way up. And so they were predicting a lot of rain for Nevada and Arizona and Southern California and Mexico. My mom lives in Mexico. And so we were actually a little worried because she's not too far um, from the ocean. We were a little worried, but she has barely gotten any drops. Although last night she was texting us and saying like the cruise ships like had come into port a couple of them left, but turned around and came back. So we were kind of all speculating, like, what does that mean for today? So no rain here, but mm -hmm. it's been nice and nice and cloudy. So, but otherwise, yeah, really good. Good week overall work. I'm going to go watch the World Cup, Women's World Cup final. And uh, with my dad, he's a former soccer coach, so <laughs> it'll be fun to watch it with him. So I'm staying off social media this morning because I don't want to know who won. <laughs> yeah, the weather here is warmed up. We had a couple of days where we keep getting you know, excessive heat warnings, which I kind of laugh because that's not like the excessive heat warnings where, you know, yes. I lived in Arizona for so long and then Florida, but... It is warm here because there's no, most people don't have air conditioning. And so it is, it is warm. I've had to turn the one fan on and, and whatnot. I have my window open. And so people who see us on the, the video, I've got my window open. And if it starts to get loud because people are out having a good time, I might shut it midway through. But because otherwise I will have the vapors. I will start to sweat. It is, it is warm. I'm going to wear short pants and short shirts, short sleeves. And I don't have socks on, which I normally have on because yeah. it's actually been nice and warm we've hit um i think our high today uh fahrenheit's only going to be in the mid 80s but it's a little more humid right now so it oh. feels warmer right um yeah. and we will hit 90 or 92 the other day oh. so yikes but, that seems warm oh and i think i was telling you a couple nights ago we actually got really thunder booming 
thunderstorms, which was, I love thunderstorms. And it was like the crack of the, and it was, uh, it was, it was quite lovely. I, I love thunderstorms. So I was just like, yes. oh my gosh, I still get thunderstorms here. So oh, that was exciting. Awesome. I love that. And if you're not watching on YouTube, which why aren't you go check it out? Claire's got her George Russell t-shirt on today. <laughs> it just happened to be the next one. We, when we moved here, we didn't have as, we don't have, there's not a concept of walk-in closets. Yeah. Like you have in the United States because there's not an abundance of obnoxiously large houses like I had there. Um, so all of our t-shirts, I bought these plastic things that uh, I fold the t-shirts and put it in between each of my shirts. It just makes it easier to pull out because I, I have an absorb, I, obnoxiously not a large number of nerd t-shirts. And now I'm <laughs> collecting F1 t-shirts. It just happened to be the top one in one of the t-shirt shelf, shelves today. So I was like, oh yeah, sure. I'm doing the F1 podcast today. I'll wear this one today. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect. I love it. I do need to get some more, some more like shirts. I'm still waiting for the yeah, for the merch for Singapore for from Williams, the golf livery. Well, I'm waiting for Aston Martin merch to go on sale because this was on sale. Okay, and, and they're one of my two teams. Aston Martin merch is never on sale. And I love you, Fernando, but dude, I am not spending $35 for a t-shirt. No. And 35 no. seems cheap. I feel like that's how much I spend on shirts at the clearance tents at the races. Like, I'm like, oh, yes. this is only 35. I better snap up two of these. I think I get this for like 18, though. So <laughs> I, I went cheap. I <laughs> the sale of a sale of a sale. <laughs> that extra markdown clearance. I love it, though. Like, why not? Why not? I still want to go get a Nick DeVries shirt. I feel like I need to, to represent his... What was it? Eight races. We put one in our shop when we finally get the shop going. But we need to put like a little Harvard hat on it, like you know, future Harvard grad. Is that where he's at? Harvard. Um. Yeah, but I don't think so. I don't think he's taking like a full like enrolling at Harvard. You know how at Harvard you can take specific classes, and oh, yeah. like anybody can go take them. I think it's like one specific class that he was taking. So he's not. I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. Like I've looked at their classes before. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to not make degrees, but he's not like being a Latifi who's going for his MBA, you know, at whatever school in London. Oh, that, that, that's clear reading a headline and not an article. I, I skimmed that one. I will admit. Don't I rarely be that do person. That. <laughs> I rarely do that, but I did that this time. <laughs> oh, cool. He's going to school. Sweet. Keep going. <laughs> I was researching like, other time. Good for him. I love it. All right. I don't really know what's happening in F1 world this week because I wasn't really paying that much attention. But I will say more than a few times I saw some some stories about Mick Schumacher maybe being um on the short list for Williams to replace Logan Sargent. Um, I mean, nobody, James has never come out and said, Logan's not getting a, a renewal on his contract. Like nobody's said anything, but silly season. And we have nothing better to do on summer break than to, you know, make up things. So could be, I mean, Nick has really proved himself this year as like a reserve driver. We've talked about him more than once about the work that he's done for Mercedes and really giving George and Lewis 
information that they need on whatever track it was like in Spain, he was instrumental between them being really bad on Friday and doing amazing on Sunday. So, I mean, I could see it. I think people see his work ethic and, and what, what he can bring to the table, but is Logan, like, do we really think Logan's going to go? Do they think? Do I don't know. It's just interesting great? between his performance and Nick's and then Logan is still around. Right. But Williams, I don't know. I don't know. Williams seems to see potential in people and give people a little more, but Williams is also, I don't know that they, they're finally moving that the bar a little bit. Right. And it's interesting. As I was telling you before we started, I'm rewatching a lot of the last several seasons of, um, drive to survive and to see Williams in that state of the, the years of them struggling and the decline we just talked yeah. about last week on our, our, our deep dive into them and to see them on the upswing, could they be looking at trying to get a little more strength in their team to keep driving themselves forward? Maybe, yeah. but Logan has just been struggling left and right. And I don't know. I mean, would they devote him down to third seed or were they putting back down into F2 or something. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I think it will be interesting because I think it's hard because we have talked a, a few times about just some of the bad luck that Logan has had, um, <laughs> you know, and he is a rookie. So I still stand by my thought that like rookie should have a little bit more time. Um, he's got zero points, you know, but like Mick wasn't necessarily, it, I think it's kind of hard to say where Nick would have fall because i don't think he's out there doing any practice runs like they had danny rick doing um you know just testing because in a haas those haas cars were not great when mick was over there but and he was young and a rookie so he's got like a couple more years experience than logan does but i don't really know how he would actually perform in a car because he didn't have a great car when he was with haas and I mean, we know he crashed quite a bit and that was costing Haas money, which supposedly was a reason why they let him go. So I don't know. It's like, do you change one for the other? I'd be wanting to do all kinds of testing um, with Mick if I was Williams before I signed him up. And like you said, who knows? Maybe they would go for a more experienced driver. There will be or there could be several drivers at the end of this year, you know, whose contracts are up. So maybe you pick somebody a little uh, more experienced. And I just went and looked, and I, I, I'm going to put this down as being something is like something to do for some of the research, right? Because I just just picked Lando Norris because I just happened again going and looking at Drive to Survive, and it's one of I think I'm watching. I just watched the 2019 season, so it was his first season, right? Mm. We, we were just talking about how strong he is this year, and he's really a the driver, I think one of the drivers to watch. Yeah. His first season, his rookie season, he had 49 points. Ooh, Lando. 49. That's and impressive. Sergeant that doesn't have any yet. Yeah, but was Lando was in a McLaren. Lando's in a McLaren. <laughs> I think but I think that's a big difference. 2019, I have to go look at how they did in 2019. Um I mean, but the thing's been up. I mean, last year was a little like up and down, but I feel like they've kind of been in that fourth ish position. They're definitely not at the bottom, which is where Williams is like starting to dig themselves out from the bottom. So 
He's, I don't know. He, and he finished 11th in the driver standings. Uh, nice job, Lando. No, right? Yeah, good for That's him. That's a part of the conversation there, but just to think of a rookie, I'll have to do some research on that, like how rookies have performed, and I wonder if that had any play into Nick, and then the consideration looking at Lando. I don't know for Nick, because when you think about some of the rookies, like last year we had Joe, he was the only one, and then a couple of years ago it was like Mick and um, Nikita, and they were both horrible, and... I don't know about like years before that, but I just think Red Bull is their cutthroat. You know, you're not and especially the way Nick came in, I they were just expecting so much more. And helmets like, Ugh, bye, we're done with you. Chatty Kathy. Chatty Kathy. Oh yeah, yeah. He was talking up a storm this week too, talking about putting put Max in a. I can't remember if he said Haas. I don't know. He named off two cars and he's like, he would still win. Uh, I mean, that seems <laughs> dramatic. I really would love to take a, a, a like the little bingo ball bags, right? Put all the cars in one, all the drivers in the other, shake them up and be like, okay, you drive this and you can't drive your own car. So if you drive yeah. your own car, if you, so each, or each driver has to go and pull out a car. If you drive your own, you put it back in. And, yeah. and let's just do one race like that. I know it's, you have to adjust the seat, put the pedals in it like they do for, for Joe. Just like figure it out and just one, just one. One, like, call it a, do it as a, okay, guys, F1, listen to me. Do it as a, a fundraiser race for something. It doesn't have to be points. No points, just a fundraiser race. <laughs> and do a, uh, and you could do a thing where they, people bid on the fastest lap, the fastest sector, each lap, you know, those kinds of things. Don't think of all the bids that you could do and then who's going to win, who's going to get pole, who's going to get podium and you're changing it up. Oh, come on. That would be such a cool concept. And then <laughs> we could settle some fun debates out of that too. Yeah. I think that would be so much fun. I wish we would be season, down with at it. At the end of the season, so we're not getting each other's technology and, like, you know. <laughs> or worried about crashing a car and having to replace it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just some fun. Just some fun. I anyway. think that would be really fun. Um, okay. Also this week, so we know Alfa Romeo, um, they are... They, I think after this year, they're no longer going to be sponsoring what we know now as the Alfa Romeo team. That team is going to refer, re, revert back to Sauber. Um, but Alfa Romeo came out this week and said that starting in 2024, they are going to be the title sponsor for Haas. So it's a two-year title sponsorship, $20 million a year. Um, so I don't know. Are we going to call them like Alfa Romeo Haas? Or Haas Alpha Romeo, or just Alpha Romeo? That's it's Haas Alpha Romeo. They could be the har team. Har 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 har. But I mean, here's the thing: Haas has been they've been upping their sponsorships. Like it was super exciting when they got Chipotle this year. Like that was a big one. And there's a clothing brand I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. But they've been starting to bring in some more sponsorship, which I'm sure Gene is super happy about. Um, it's less of his money that's going out there, but yeah. So we could have, we'll have Alpha Romeo back on the grid <laughs> next year. 
interesting. It makes me think of like I was telling you, we go back and watching the the Netflix series and yeah. When they, when they first came out, they're like the Aston Martin Red Bull team. I'm like, Aston Martin? Who? What? Wait, what? I totally forgot about that. Like, sponsors move around and yes, and engine manufacturers move around and, and yeah. So it's that'll so be, that'll be, it'll be interesting. The it livery. Can you imagine the livery too? I wonder I if they'll change the livery. Oh, I don't know. That could be interesting because they're very red and black. Now for Alpha red more maroon. Yeah, it's kind of more of a maroon, I would say. And Haas right now is what more white and they've got some red and blue. So yeah, red and maroon just don't go. I don't know. I don't know. Very, I can't wait. Okay. The big thing, and I thought this was so yeah. interesting. This is the big one. Felipe Massa legal action. Okay, so it's actually, I think a lot of people were like, he's suing them. Not yet. He actually sent a letter before claim. So he sent that to the FIA and to F1. And we did talk about this in episode seven. So I, I will kind of go into it in case, you know, a little bit, I'll give like the background. Um, but we did talk about this in episode seven when it when all of this kind of came out. So I want to say that like back in like April or what have you. And I'm sorry, my dog keeps going in and out. So if you keep hearing that big thing, he's, he's just wandering in and out, driving me nuts. Okay. <clears throat> so here's the gist. Back in 2008, the Singapore Grand Prix, Nelson Piquet Jr. So we talked last week about Nelson Piquet. I don't know. Piquet, Piquet, Piquet. I don't know. Anyways, he won a world championship with Williams. The daughter is Max Verstappen's girlfriend. The brother was a racer, was a driver. So he crashed in that race and it triggered like a whole chain of events that helped his teammate Fernando. Fernando was his teammate at the time, win the race and it left Massa out of the points. So um, in the end of that season, it's really what made the difference. Lewis Hamilton, I believe, ended up winning by one point. I can't remember if that was his first championship. Maybe not. But anyways, he ended up winning by one point. So in 2009, um, <coughs> Nelson Piquet Jr. said, hey, I was told to crash on purpose to help Fernando. They started an investigation. That all came about because... Midway through the 2009 season, the team let him go. The team was like, you know what? You're done. Well, he was mad and then spilled the beans on what happened in 2008. So they did um, an investigation. There was a lot of Renault people. That's who he was driving for was Renault. There was a lot of um, higher ups that got in trouble. They were suspended or banned from FIA, F1. Um, so he never ended up racing again. I think he, it might've been a combo of like people, you know, he wasn't that good. It could have been like, he was over the whole thing. Like he was just kind of over it. Um, the people from Reno that were banned or suspended, they ended up having those um, pen penalties, I don't know, repercussions overturned. Um, so there was all of that. So hang on. Earlier this year, this is when we first talked about it. The former F1 CEO, who is Bernie Ecclestone, 
suggested that he and the FIA president um, at the time, Max Mosley, knew about the crash. They knew that it was on purpose, but they decided not to investigate that potential breach, um, saying like they knew that they had enough information, they could have gone to investigate it. Um, and according to their roles at the time, the race should not have been counted. So it should not, like the classification should not have been counted towards anything. Like just pretend the race never happened. Um, this week, Ecclestone, who came out, or Eccleston came out, he's 92 years old, and he is now saying, and he sent this out in a tweet, he does not remember saying any of that stuff back in March, and he doesn't remember giving the interview. So he's walking back all of the stuff that he, he came out with. He's 92. I mean, okay, one, did he actually tweet it? And two, if he doesn't remember, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I don't remember stubbing my toe every time I've stubbed my toe, but. Yep, exactly. So it doesn't mean it didn't happen. And I think like when you really go and you start digging into the scandal, like there's definitely things that people knew. They did a lot of investigations. They did determine that Fernando didn't know anything about it. So if you start going down that rabbit hole and it is a rabbit hole, like I, I think it's probably pretty, not obvious, but it's, there's a lot of potential that what he's said is actually true. They just decided to like, let it go. Um, so according to the F1 rules, and this still holds now that once the awards are handed out at the end of the season, so they do a whole like banquet, whatever, once those are handed out, the results are final. So here's what Mass's lawyers are saying. And I'm going to read this part. Um, the, uh, they're saying about Massa, he's the victim of a conspiracy committed by individuals at the highest level of F1, which cost him substantial financial loss that Massa estimates to exceed tens of millions of euros, as well as serious moral and reputational losses. The claims include breach of contract, inducing breach of contract and conspiracy. They're also saying that the FAA violated their own rules by failing to investigate and they're asking for a satisfactory response, like whatever that is. Um, they did say that they wanted two things from, from FIA and F1 is to acknowledge within 24 hours that they received this letter before claim. Um, and then they have, I think it's two weeks to respond satisfactorily. Um, if they don't get a satisfactory response, they intend to pursue legal action in order to seek compensation for the harm he has suffered, as well as recognition that, but for those unlawful acts, he would have been awarded the 2008 championship. So what I do think is interesting is he's not asking, which everybody back in March or April, when this first came out, thought he was going to be asking to be named the 2008 champion, that they were going to take that away from Lewis. And that's what he wanted. That's not at all what he's asking for. I think because he knows like that so far in the past, the title's already been out there. Um, but he is asking to be compensated financially. So I think it sounds like he wants to be said that acknowledged that if the FIA had investigated like they were supposed to, and acknowledged that if they followed the rules and the race did not count, according yeah. to the points, he would have been the champion. And if he yeah. had been the champion, his compensation would have been different. I don't, I don't get the moral harm. I can, cause what moral harm did he get 
other than maybe if people were calling him, you know, defaming him or whatnot because he kept pushing it. I just don't know the moral harm. I, I get hung up yeah. on moral and ethical harm. Um, but I can get the reputational loss and I can get the the financial loss, right? So yeah. I do feel that he needs some kind of financial compensation for that and acknowledgement that he would have been named the champion had it not been for that. And and he deserves some respect for being able to say, I don't want you to take it away from Lewis. I don't want you to take right. away and change the record books. I don't want you to change any of that and and whatnot because Lewis is just as much of a victim in all of this because of the way the FIA did not, as we see today, clearly and evenly apply their rules. Yeah, yeah. And we do see that today. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that he's not trying to go after the 2008, you know, championship title. But you have to think, too, like if he had won his next contract, he probably would have been paid more. And then every contract after that, he he would have been paid more. And of course you want, yeah. you know, a world driver championship, but I do think it's, you know, that acknowledgement. I could be mistaken, but I do think a lot of the people that were around during that time, um, not like Nelson, even the dad, because um, he told, supposedly told um, higher ups in F1 and FIA that, you know, his son was told to crash on purpose, but I think there's a lot of people aren't really around anymore. Like they've passed away. So it could be interesting. And the reason, you know, I think some people are like, why now that was so long ago. Well, it's, it's solely because Ecclestone came out and said, you know, we knew we didn't investigate. And so he was, you know, Felipe's like, Hey, hold up. What? <laughs> because it was obviously covered up, you know, pretty well at back then, you know, it was, yeah. they weren't going to go anywhere. So I think he has every right, you know, just as anybody, when new information comes to light to go back and say, hang on. No, let's, let's talk about this again. I think that's, he has every right to do that. So it will be interesting. So we, we could probably guess in two weeks time, um, we're going to talk about it again <laughs> And, and we'll see what their response, what their response is. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It could be, could be very interesting, but the saga is not over. <laughs> not over yet. Could be. Now, I don't know if anybody can hear the bells in the background, but the church bells are, are a ringing. <laughs> I love the bells. <laughs> I think they're so pretty. I love the bells. So yeah. Anyways, that was it. Like, I, I don't think. We, we will, in two weeks' time, have a response, or at least in two weeks, but I'm sure the FIA and F1 will take all the time that they need because they probably need to get their ducks in a row before they respond. So, yeah. We interesting. We'll, we'll stay on top of that. Well, since we don't have a lot going on this week, we get a oh, grid basics. We got something fun to follow. Yay! Grid basics. Grid we haven't done grid basics for a minute. I know. We're going to talk about flags. Flags. Finally. We flags. We have pictures of flags. Yay. Go watch our YouTube because you can see the pictures of the flags that Claire did. I love these. I love these. All right. So green flag. Guess what that means? Yeah, go. Green means go. <laughs> <laughs> so meaning the track is clear. It's the start of warm-up, start of practice, start of qualifying. Or if there was a yellow flag, 
the green will be waved um, to tell you, okay, we're you're good to go. You know, whether yeah. safety car, yellow flag, whatever, like you're good to start racing again, um, which is awesome. And I love like the pictures. They don't have actual flagpoles. Oh, no, they I don't have flagpoles. These, these pictures are very just everybody. These are all just generated. They're just fun little pictures and they're all yes. on flagpoles just to kind of make them show more boldly, but they're all on, you know, hand waved and yes. whatnot. And then we'll talk later about, there's also a system to help the drivers as well and to know what flag is out. But these are on flagpoles because it's just a way to make them more prominent in the pictures. Yes. Before we go through the flags, do you want to share like how the drivers know so that we don't have to, like we can address it now? Yeah, so there's a there's a flag panel. So in addition to the marshals that are displaying them trackside, and sometimes if you're watching the race, you'll see them waving. We all see traditional at the end. They usually have some kind of celebrity that's helping to wave the trucker flag and everything at the end. Um, there's digital light panels are in place to ensure that they're clear for the, the drivers, right? So, and I don't have a picture of that. And that way it can also be helpful for whether it's day or night events, changeable weather conditions and all of that. And if you go to F1.com's uh, website, they have a video that actually shows you on how that works. So if anybody's interested, you can go there and we're gonna launch our website soon and we'll have a link to that as well to help, to help people see that because it's really fascinating. Yes. I think it really is. And when, when I've been at the track, sometimes I've been a smidge guilty of watching the, the light panel or watching the, the guys and ladies doing the flags. I've always got to like, Oh, what are they picking up next? Like what, what's happening next? Like what's going on? So, yeah. So that's important. I think it's, it's good for them to know what's happening. So we do know in our pictures, these are all just generated pictures. None of these are real, but they're just to be representative because it's, going to be on your phone or whatnot to be able to see the images better. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't want to be taking anybody's pictures off the internet or anything like that. Have to worry about credit or royalties and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So they're just, they're just images. Yeah. I love the images. Okay. They're beautiful. Okay. They're fun. Blue flag. Do you know what I think every time the blue flag comes out? What? <laughs> I'm a big ludicrous fan. Luda. And all I ever think is move. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. That is blue flag. There you go. Get out the way. Move. 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 Yeah. Get out the yeah. way. You know what? You can, kind of like the like having like color association. Green means go. I think in every country the green light means go. But blue, here's a good Good association, everybody, if you're trying to remember things, because that's one of the things I'm learning in a class about making associations to help remember. Blue-haired old lady. The snow. <laughs> I know that's a white person thing, but, like, that's just, like, the, the blue, just slow. Or maybe you think about the blue sea being relaxing, you're taking it easy, but blue means slow. Yep, they're slow. Yeah. Or go with ludicrous and get out the way. So that's waved to the drivers that are going slow. They're being lapped. They're it's to alert them that they are about to be overtaken. So um, this will also happen when they're leaving the pits during practice. There's another car that's close behind you. They're about to overtake. But generally, those people that are like to say during a race um, at the back, they've maybe been lapped already or. <laughs> it, for a couple of years, there are some drivers that have been lapped multiple times. 
It's just letting them know, you know, hey, somebody else is coming through. They're faster than you are. Get over. Move. You don't want the blue flag. You don't, no. you don't want it. You don't no. want it. And then this last one, it says, like, if they're still on the flight three times and they don't move, they're penalized. Yeah. Don't want the blue flag. No. That used to happen to Nikita um, Mazas. Well, they used to call him Mazaspin, but I think his last name was really Mazapin. Um, and he would get the blue flag all the time. And there were times he, he didn't move over. So, yeah, I think he was getting penalized. The one time I went karting, I feel like I've told this story, but I the one time that I went karting, I just kept getting the blue flag. I didn't know what it meant at the time. And I was like, stop waving that at me. I'm going <laughs> to do what I do. They could figure out how to go around me, but <laughs> that's hysterical. That's hysterical. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Next up is the yellow flag. Yellow flag. I love that it's like there's different things depending on how it's set up. Yellow means danger, but I think it's like danger is nearing. But yellow is caution in, in most traffic lights. So I, I like that. That's yellow is caution. There's there could be danger. Yeah. I love that. So, um, so share with us. And by the way, yellow for drivers doesn't mean speed up to beat the red light. It does mean slow down. Okay. I'm hinting at someone who might be a little more aggressive with their driving. Um, <laughs> so it does kind of mean that here. Yellow, slow down, right? Reduce yeah. your speed. Dangers ahead. Yeah. So a single wave, so a single yellow. Um is going to mean drivers need to reduce their speed. They cannot overtake. I feel like we see yellow flags in every qualifying, every race practically. So everybody's probably pretty good with this one. But yes, you cannot overtake. Um, there might be something on track, whether it's parts of a car, rocks, you name it. Just be ready. And fortunately, in the majority of the cases, they have their engineers telling them also, like, Hey, there's debris coming up. Um, or <laughs> actually, what was the one with uh, Carlos? And the driver or the engineer said debris, and he's like, debris? Where? Where's debris? <laughs> Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Carlos cracks me up. Um, but you really have to know that the driver has reduced their speed in whatever sector. So it might not be a yellow flag like all the way around. It could be a yellow flag in sector one, two, three, whatever. But they are making sure that they have reduced their speed quite a bit. There have been instances where they said the driver did not reduce their speed. Maybe they lost a lap time if it was qualifying or, you know, they'll get pen penalized. So it is important that they are paying attention, obviously, to the yellow flags, but that their engineers are also telling them ahead of time so that they can reduce the speed. Um, a double wave of a yellow flag means drivers need to reduce their speed a lot. They still can't overtake. They might need to change direction. They might need to stop. Um, it could be due to a hazard. It could be due to somebody's blocking the track, like their car spun and their cars on the track, or that there's marshals kind of working maybe to, you know, grab one thing, like maybe, they just need to get something and, and get off the track. So just being um, extra aware. Um, yeah, that was that's pretty much it for the yellow flag. But they really do have to show that they have reduced their speed in that area. I find it interesting, too, that, like you said, it happens in sectors. And then you'll be watching, and you're like, yellow flag in sector two, and then green flag. Sometimes it's very quick, right? So you yeah. pay attention to that, that they, 
they come and go sometimes in that incident. A yellow flag doesn't always mean a red flag's coming, but right. you know, you just never know. Sometimes they just pop on and off fairly quickly because of just something minor. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a car spun and so they've got to show the yellow because you don't know if the car's gonna, you know, keep going. But we've seen a lot where they spin and then they just they end up in the right direction or they pull a quick U-turn and off they go again. So yeah, they can be super, super quick. Love that. White flag. I think this one's almost this one. It feels like the it's in the combination of there's this guy got a blue because he's slow and this one's telling the white. By the way, this one's coming up, but I'm sure that's not. I just think it's funny because white usually is I surrender. But anyway, <laughs> that's <laughs> it's not true. Why no, is not surrender? <laughs> that is that is very very true. It usually is surrender. So yeah, just a slower vehicle ahead. So while the I guess if somebody's about to get lapped or you know passed, the car in front's getting the blue and the car behind is getting the white. Like just heads up because there have definitely been times. Oh my goodness, when we were in Spain and they were doing quali and they came around our curve and um, was it Lewis? some car in front of them. And this happens all the time. You all know, I hate when they start lining up and backing up around that final curve. There's got that poor person. I would never want to be the flag person at that final curve because you know, during qualifying, you're just waving that white flag constantly. So you come around a corner and there's like six cars sitting there. Ah, ridiculous. Um, it's kind of, it kind of is an I, I'm a surrendering moment, right? Oh, please. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I oh, I'd be so. Uh. But they also so at the end of practices, um, you will often see the drivers go up to the starting grid and they will practice their starts. Right. So that is another time when the white flag will be shown is as cars start coming up, practice sessions over or the, you know, the end of qual. I don't know if they do it at the end of qualifying. Um, but when they're doing those practicing, you will see the white flag there just to alert drivers coming around those final corners. Hey, there's going to be cars that are stopped at a complete stop on the grid practicing their starts. So there you have it. All right. The red flag. I feel yeah. like we know this one for sure. Yeah. Immediate stop. That, that's why I put that away. It's an immediate stop. And me, an immediate stop meaning it's an immediate stop. So you need to get off the track. I should have put immediate stop, get off the track. This is the yeah. immediate stop of whatever you're in, whether it's practice, qualifying, or race. We're, we're full stop. And full stop, get off the track as quickly, as safely as you can. So do not proceed go. Do not, do not pass go. <laughs> it's done. It's like get off. We're Time to get out of the car, yes. basically. Exactly. And, you know, like with the yellow, significantly reduce your speed. I think a driver sees a red flag, really, really, really reduce your, your speed. Again, the engineer should be telling them why and where, you know, the reason for the red flag. But, yeah, get back. Just get to the pit lane and and be done. Go back to it's the automatic box for everybody. <laughs> But like you said, what we've got on the slide here for people who are watching, we've, we've got all these and got the words here too. You, they go back to typically go into their garages, depending on what's going on, right? I mean, I have seen some red flags where most have set in the pit road, just kind of lined up in order. But I've seen some that are just bad enough, especially if it's quality or practice. They're just like, well, it's over. We're just going to back up in the garage and, and call it. Because in quality, sorry, in practice, the clock does not stop in a red flag. 
but in quality of the race, the clock does stop. So yeah. if it's, but in quality, if it's too far in, they will not restart the session, which we've seen a few times really ruin <laughs> people's chances. And we know how much that irritated Claire. Yeah, Landstroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And I think that's a really good point timing wise. Like, yeah, they will stop that clock and. If there's only two minutes left, 30 seconds left, whatever. Um, and I think, too, a red flag, it's not just because something happened. I guess you do. It does say on here. It's not just a serious incident. It could be poor weather conditions, which we've also seen. Like, it's just too rainy. We're not going to we're not going to finish this session. Well, I remember in Canada, the I don't know if they considered it a red flag the whole time. But when the closed circuit TV stopped working and they couldn't get it back online, they yeah. did not let the the practice continue, and I think that was considered still a red flag, just because that's how you call it, right? And they're like, "Nope, you can't go back out because that's a safety concern." If they their closed circuit TV is not working for them to keep an eye on the safety of the track, they couldn't let they rate the cars back out. Yep, that's exactly right. Good memory. I forgot about those closed circuit TVs, but yeah, yeah. So it could really be for anything. Yeah, it could be for anything. So red, stop. Red. You're done. We'll start. Okay. We're done. Red, red means do not go. Yes. <laughs> All right. The black flag. I don't know. Have we ever? I don't think I've ever seen the black flag. No, so but when I was doing the research, right, I saw early on in um, in Liam's history, you know, there were some races where they just had people who just said had a lot of do not qualifies, whatnot. I don't think we've seen anyone, um, you know, disqualified. Those were like do not qualifies. I don't. I don't recall, and we haven't had this season. And I'm going to have to go back and see the last time somebody was disqualified from a race. That would be really interesting. Hang on. Let me look that up really quick. You keep talking. So yeah, last drivers disqualified. Right. So they're disqualified a driver and orders them to return to the garage at once. So, and it's a decision to show this flag rests solely on the steward. So that would mean in the race, during the race or during qualifier or during an event, that's not, you know, not qualified for the race. This is a disqualification. So, like, when's the last time a, a racer was disqualified? Oh, hands up. When was it? <laughs> pick me. Pick me. Um, okay. So, the last time the black flag was used in F1 was in 2007. During the Canadian Grand Prix, both Felipe Massa, who we just talked about, and Giancarlo Fischella were pulled aside for passing a red light when leaving the pits. Wow. Oh. That seems passing a red light when leaving. So you disqualified them? Yeah, 2007. So it's been a minute. And what I think is interesting is that it rests solely with the stewards. And I feel like, yes, if you're not watching the YouTube, Claire just like majorly rolled her eyes at that one. But that's why maybe I'm thinking we haven't had a black flag since 2007 is because the stewards they probably would fear for them. <laughs> I mean, they, make, they don't make consistent decisions, right? Because the stewards change at every track. It's it, They're generally different stewards at every track. So do you really want to be the steward that pulls a black flag on a driver? Like, you better, better have your rules handy. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a pretty serious offense to disqualify driver. That'd be interesting. What what could disqualify you? And then yeah. pull it out. 
I think going yeah. past the red light at the pit lane is the least of <laughs> the reasons you would disqualify a driver. Penalize yeah. them maybe, yes, but disqualify them? I don't know. Oh, disqualify. It's interesting. All yeah. right. The black flag was the orange disc. So that's mechanical problems. So that's interesting. That's used to inform the driver their car has mechanical problems and they could pose the danger to themselves. And I, I think we almost saw that with the Alpine car having the yeah, the, the shaky uh, rear, right? The, the, the and who was it reporting it? Um, I forget which driver was kept complaining about that happening toward the end of the race, too. Um, oh, who was it? Because it was Ocon's car, but who was behind him? I don't think it was George Russell. Somebody. I don't think like, it was Russell or Lewis. I think it was one of the Mercedes drivers, actually. That was, <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, that that's interesting because I always hear it from the pit, you know, their engineers and whatnot telling them, um, I wonder, you know, another interesting thing, when's the last time that flag's actually been used versus the the engineers just saying, hey, you need to retire the car, we're sorry, kind of thing. A lot last year. So Haas last year was constantly getting black and orange flags because they always seem to have an issue like maybe at the beginning or whatever. And they actually, um, Gunter has been very vocal about it because he felt that they were overly receiving the black and orange flag when other cars maybe had the same thing. So it could be just like an in plate on the front wing and it's just kind of, you know, shaking a little bit, but they were getting those for what they felt were minor instances. And so they would have to, when you get the black and orange flag, you have to go back to the pits as soon as you possibly can. You can have your car repaired and then rejoin the race. But obviously if you are being called into the pits and something like you have to put on a new front ring or whatever, it pushes you back. And so that was an issue last year with Haas and Gunter was having no part of it. So it was happening a lot. And I feel like this year there has been, Ocon might've gotten the black and orange, but he didn't, I think it was so close to the end of the race, he didn't stop. But there have been other other um, people who have gotten the black and orange. But for sure, last year, Gunter was irritated because gotcha. they, they were getting it a lot. I think I remember that now. Like I said, me re- going back and rewatching it now that I understand more about F1, uh, things were sticking more. And then it was just like so overwhelming. So yeah. that, I haven't made it made it that far. I'm, I'm just starting the 2020, 2020 year. So yeah. And it may not show it because it's not like a huge deal. And really Gunter came out. Well, last year he's towards the end of the season, he started to, to bring it up, but I know he was more vocal about it this year. Um, so yeah, they may not show it. And then pulling into the finish, we have our checkered flag. I think everybody knows the checkered flag, what every driver wants to see, the very first car coming across. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and this one, I had fun making this image up because I just wanted something that I kept like crazy trying to get and for fun for my my IT and engineering nerds out here. Uh, these are all AI generated images too, by the way. They're just kind of fun just to have something unique. But I, I was trying to find something that was just completely F1-ish, but nondescript. I don't want to side with anyone. So the, I don't have any particular team, but I thought it was fun. I was trying to get one waving it. 
as they finished and it just wasn't happening. So I thought this was kind of cool. Just a dude yes. walking down the, and carrying the flag. <laughs> Very cool. And like you said, I mean, they do show this at the end of the practice sessions, qualifying the race. And a lot of times there's a celebrity um, waving it at the end. The other thing I think is pretty cool. And I missed this when we went to Barcelona, but through F1, um, what is it? Not experiences, authentics. Anyways, if you're going to a race, usually a couple months before a race, you can pay to have your name put on the checkered flag. And then what they do is after the race, and it's it's like a couple hundred dollars. To me, it's not that much. Like I would, I would have totally done it for Barcelona, but I missed it. And then they had closed it. You couldn't like get um, your name on it. But then after the race, they cut out your square and they mount it on something and they send it to you and it's all framed and everything. So if you've never been to a race, if you go to a race regularly, like I will start doing this from now on, um, just follow F1 Authentics um, on their social media because a few months before, like I think they just had one out for Singapore. So like if you're going to Singapore, and you can see now if you start looking and they show the people, you'll see things printed on the flag. And that's what it is. People's names. We have to do that and put Sheila's cigarette on there. That'd be kind of I was going to do that for Barcelona, but I missed it. Like you have to do it quick. And it's like, you know, and then I even had gone back before I went over to Barcelona. I went back to see like, is it too late? But I don't know how early they print up these flags but i just think that's kind of cool like if you've never been to a race or it's a special thing like what an awesome memory to have with you like afterwards so f1 authentics yeah i will do it next time whatever race we end up going to next year we're doing it well that was fun i mean i thought it was going to be kind of not so fun but that was kind of cool and you know we're gonna launch the website here soon and we'll put this and other kind of interesting knowledge stuff out there. We know there's knowledge everywhere, but we just want to have people have an easy place to find it. Exactly. So that'll be yeah. cool. That was way better than I thought it was. I kept putting this this one off for grid basics. And I'm like, uh, flags. No. <laughs> but it was way better than I thought. Here's so funny. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting, the Austria Grand Prix site has the flags. They mention a, a yellow flag with red stripes, but I haven't seen that one. It wasn't on the F1 site. Never seen that. Um, one. Yeah, it talks about Warren's competitors have reduced track grip. I don't know. I haven't that was on F1.com, but then it talks about the two lights. So since you mentioned about the last time the disqualifying one was up, I want yes. to mention the two lights: the green yes. light and the red light. So it said that the red light is illuminated for two to five seconds until the start of the race. Red lights in the finish line area also illuminate the end of each workout, qualification, and warm-up workout. So it'll be interesting to see what that disqualification was if they went past a red light because it doesn't say anything else about that. So that was interesting. And then the green light is the start of each workout, qualification, warm-up, training, lead-in, warm-up lap must be on the exit of a pit lane. So I guess that's part of it. You can't exit the pit lane if the green light's not illuminated. So maybe that's why yeah. they, they exited the pit lane. The green light wasn't illuminated. Yeah. I mean, which is unsafe for sure. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But should you be disqualified? I don't know. Like, unless they did oh, it no. in a safe way. I have no idea. But yeah, it hasn't happened since 2007. So it'll be a big deal if it ever happens again. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's what, 15, 16 years. That's crazy. 16 years. 
Oh, wait. God. No. I feel old. Yeah, 16 years. Yeah, that's that's insane. Insane. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Beyond the grid, I've got nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Cheryl came out with a new song, downloaded it, added it to my playlist on iTunes, which is all F1 related playlist. Um, Cheryl, ugh, he knew what we needed. Like this break has been so long. Like, yes, we needed you to stop like being on a boat and giving us some music. So. Everybody's on a boat. Everybody is on a boat. Everybody's on the beach. I mean, like Ocon and Mick Schumacher, that was a picture I saw yesterday or the day before. They were on a boat together. Charles has been on a boat. Carlos is on a boat. George is on a boat. Like George, has been, driving, George has been driving some fun vehicles, though. We, we were looking at those the other day. It's yeah. been kind of cute. I, I do. George is – he's. you know what I think is interesting? So he did a couple of, like, water – I don't know what you call them. The the thing where you like come out of the water, you wear those big boots and oh, but he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not comfortable around water. I don't know why I found that interesting. <laughs> like I just did. But he, so he overcame his fears and did and did that. But yeah, they're I mean, now they have to get back to business. We're back to business. Ooh. Okay, let's talk about the race coming up. The race that I, you know, I almost got to go to, but I couldn't find a dog sitter. I almost got to go. Oh, I know. I was really hoping you were going to get to go. I'm going to find one this year. I'm going to find one. I'm just going to yes. find one and go. So this time next week, we will have finished a race finally. Um, and it's a first of a double header. So we've got this one, um, the Dutch GP, and then uh, Imola coming up the following week. So back to backs. So this one. Dutch GP, also called Zandvoort, um, Max Verstappen country, all the way. 72 laps, so it's short. It's a 4.259 kilometer. Okay. Um, the next one, Monza? What? In the next one after that, Monza? Oh, did I say Imola? You're right. No, Imola. I did, Imola. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to give them back a race after it was canceled. I know. I was like, you got me so confused. <laughs> Sorry, I did not mean to confuse Monza. Of course, it's Monza. My bad. Um, okay, this Zandvoort is short track, 4.259 kilometers, 72 laps, two DRS zones. Lewis has the fastest lap time there, a minute and 11 seconds. So they are short laps, which excites me. That makes me super excited. Um, the first GP was held there in 1952, but there was a 36 year hiatus before it came back in 2021. So it was supposed to be on um, like a 35 year hiatus, <laughs> but because of COVID, it got pushed to 2021. So it ended up being 36 years. Here's how the track flows. It is like a roller coaster. Apparently there's a, it goes through sand dunes. So um, I posted a picture today and it's kind of a artsy picture, but you can see the track, but you also see the beach is like right there. So I think well, it's, it's right. right. Yeah, it's, it's so right cool. there. Because so, I was getting directions. I was like, wait a minute. Why does this why does this give me directions to the beach? It's like on the beach. It's like, on the beach. Crazy. So it's like 40 minutes or so outside of Amsterdam. So yeah. it is like right on the beach. Those it goes through like a lot of dunes. Back when it first started, I don't want to get too much into this, but it was like a combination of like track and like road. And so they kind of went through the dunes. So I guess it has like a roller coaster feel to it. Like it swoops and it flows and it's up and down and the whole nine yards. Um, when they came back onto the schedule, they had increased the banking angle 
Um, there's a famous term there called Tarzan corner and it banks at like 18 degrees. And so I've been to the Indy 500, but I don't know what their banking is, but I, I read that it was like compared to the banking corners at the Indy 500. So, you know, what's interesting to me on this is, so they came back in 2021 and so 2022, 2023, that means these drivers, even the most seasoned drivers don't have a lot of experience at this, this track. Well, they do, but from karting. So I guess it's a track that they used a lot for karting. Um, okay. So a lot of but them not, not that car itself, though, just different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's still pretty new. Um, also, when they returned, I don't even know how to say this. So it's Hugen Holtzbacht. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go with. Hugen Holtzbacht. With the German, if it, it's, I know it's not German, but the, I would yeah. say Hugen Holtzbacht. Yeah. Yes. That corner. So they widened that and they added a big, so it allows two cars to kind of run side by side. And I think, I don't think this is around the final corner, um, but anyways, you could go through there side by side at the same speed. So it kind of made things a lot more interesting around that corner. It, the drivers do say it's challenging, but they like it. The Orange Army, this is what I was telling you when you said you might be going. I was like, uh, this is probably the one race I would not go to because obviously Max, he's Belgian and Dutch, but he now just says he's Dutch. Um, so they have been known since it came back to harass the you know fans of, of other drivers. Um, and of course, like the orange flares, which you see at a lot of them, but they were crazy. I think a couple of years ago, the drivers were having a hard time even seeing the ones that were coming through after Max because the haze, like, oh, those things are awful. So to combat that, the course people, the track people are setting up special areas to report bad behavior. So if you're a fan of like me, I would be wearing my Carlos stuff. You can go and report harassment. But what I thought was interesting is they said, um, you can report the harassment. We will we will help to calm you down. <laughs> like, I don't need to be calmed down. I need you to go arrest the people that are harassing me. Like, so I just thought that was really funny. Um, and they're banning flares allegedly. But listen, Austin banned flares, Barcelona banned flares. They still got them in. There were people two rows, you know, to the side of us throwing off the orange, the orange flares in Barcelona. So they're still going to get them in. Um, outside the track, there's a couple things. So uh, apparently the people in the city or whatever in um, Van Wert, they are only allowing, I think, people who live in the area and I think local taxis. And so there's taxi drivers from outside of that area that are saying they're going to block the roads to prevent people from getting in unless they, um, <laughs> unless they allow all drivers. Cause they're like, this is one of the biggest events. How can you only limit it to drivers from a certain area? And also like there might be people staying in Amsterdam that are willing to take a taxi 40 minutes to the track, you know? Yeah. So people have got to get there. The other thing I saw this morning, and I haven't honestly had a chance to just double check this, but people that were protesting climate change have like started a protest and they're blocking the entrance for the trucks to get in and deliver um, the stuff so they can start setting up, you know, the, the, yeah, 
the paddock. I guess it worked out that my dog, I couldn't find a dog sitter. It doesn't sound like I would want to go with all the craziness. Oh no. my God. No. So yeah, it's probably the one I would least go to. I'm sure it'll be an amazing race, but they're already, you know, it's Sunday and they're already having to deal with maybe some, you know, some things that just might not be very convenient, but who cares? Like we're racing. I mean, I do care. Like that's, it's not okay, but, um, <laughs> but we're back to racing. So yay. Yay. Well, that's it. I, we, we did it right at an hour too. We're coming up. Holy cow. Well, we are going to be back on. And then we have, like you said, uh, Anza, and then um, I'll be moving in there somewhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you better get your TV set up in time to watch the race. That's all I can say. I don't want to on my iPad, so it's all good. Well, that's true. There you go. Then my birthday. Oh, then that's the start of my birthday month. I keep forgetting to remind you how much older you are because that's the start of my birthday month. <laughs> Yay, your birthday month. I can't wait. And your anniversary. And my anniversary. Yeah, 29 years. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. 29 years. That's incredible. Yay. Crazy. I love it. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up right at an hour. Appreciate everybody. Next week, we can actually talk about racing. Excited by that. Yes. Silly season and the sure will still be going on and we'll see how it goes. Good to see you. Yes. Bye, everybody. Come on, right. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash she loves the grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Thank you.